Hello and welcome to Crystal Queer, the radio podcast show hosted by me, Ali, brought to you by YDN Radio Brighton and sponsored by Scene Magazine Brighton, the only free-to-read LGBTQ plus magazine in the UK. Today, I am joined by an absolute angel of a human being. Um, I'm going to let them introduce themselves, so take it over, introduce yourself, let us know your pronouns and a little fun fact about you. Hi, my name is Louis. Um, I use they, them pronouns. And a little fun fact about me. Um, gosh, I can't really think. <laughs> I like cats. <laughs> you know a what? A cat lover is just all you need in this world. I've currently got, so there's a cat in my garden that's given birth to like four little kittens. Um, oh. So now there's just baby kittens all over my garden. So that's my fun <laughs> fact for you. <laughs> that's so I'm- cute. Honestly, it is. It's adorable. <laughs> but um, the reason we are here today is because I thought that this week we can talk about non-binary people. And it only made sense to want to do an episode of non-binary people with a non-binary person because that would be highly hypocritical of me otherwise. <laughs> so let's just let's get the basics out of the way. Um, so for anyone that's listening who might not know what a non-binary person is, uh, what would you define the term as? So I would say someone who doesn't fit into the binary of male and female gender identity. Um, So gender being something a bit more internal. um, And yeah, so it could be that you identify both as male and female at the same time, or you could identify as no gender, which I sort of align myself with um, or any other sort of gender identity that's out there so like you can identify as a third gender or something so it's basically an umbrella term for a lot of different gender identities and um, it's just quite a useful word I think. (laughs) Yeah it's exactly like you said it is an umbrella term because there's so many different types that fall under like gender queer and agender and all that different terminologies. I think non-binary is just kind of the simple way to go about it without getting too technical for someone that might be a little bit confused with it. Because I know for non-binary people, because I kind of identify as genderqueer and I go by he, they pronouns. And I know even for myself, it can be confusing sometimes to word it in a certain way. So I kind of just go like, I just, I like to explain myself as a masculine passing person with a genderless brain. I feel like that's the easiest way I can go with it. I don't know. Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah. Like, I kind of feel that, I don't know, it's going to sound really cringy, but go I just feel it. like I am me. Like, yeah. I'm not really necessarily like, I don't know, I don't really associate myself with like particularly male characteristics or female yeah. characteristics. And Although I feel sometimes my gender expression is quite sort of masculine um, or typically masculine, um, I just don't feel like I fit in with like the whole shebang, if you know what I mean. I don't yeah. know. It's weird. 100% feel you. Yeah, I think it's just kind of, it takes that pressure off to act a certain way because that's just not how you feel that's authentic to yourself, I guess, in a sense. Yeah. Um, but I think that also brings about the question for a lot of people of like, what is the difference between being a non-binary person and a trans person? So I'm wondering if you have a way to differentiate the two. So I know that some non-binary people don't feel like they fit into the sort of trans identity because obviously you don't necessarily have to go through um, similar experiences. Um, 
I personally feel that you can fit into like the trans category if you do feel like non-binary like or not feel non-binary if you are non-binary if you know what I mean um because you you both are experiencing something that you're not the sort of gender you were assigned at birth um and obviously both have a lot of challenges and stuff there's a lot of social issues in society currently that are affecting both trans people and non-binary people and it's something that just can't be separated like there isn't really much of a distinction um but I do understand that some non-binary people do feel like that they don't they have more privilege perhaps than other sort of trans people who do fit into the binary identity um categories I suppose if that makes any sense yeah no 100% because I did um I I know someone that wanted to do a dissertation they do a psychology course and they're writing a dissertation on different gender identities and I think it was the first time that I really realized that the trans identity and non-binary identity are kind of hand in hand in a sense um that they kind of go through the same umbrella term but obviously there's its differences like you've mentioned and they asked me if I if I identify as a trans person myself. And that was the first thing that clicked in my head that, oh, there is some sort of correlation between the two. Um, obviously, I don't personally fall under the trans umbrella. I just like to go with genderqueer. Would, would you feel comfortable talking a little bit about your own personal experience of how you came about with your gender identity? Yeah, so it's kind of a weird road. Um, <laughs> so in 2018 I think my questioning started so I'm kind of a little bit of a baby um (laughs) so yeah so I was involved in like a queer circle of like activists in Europe um through um Iglio so like the international gay lesbian trans bisexual youth organization um which is mostly based in Europe um so yeah um with that sort of queer environment I sort of started questioning like oh what does it mean to actually have a gender and like do I actually have one um and so that sort of started the internal questioning and then I think later on in the year I just went with he they pronouns um and so I went around with that for quite a while I remember and then I just sort of started to become slightly alienated with he him pronouns um and I had this like kind of internal feeling like when people would use he him pronouns and it was kind of like oh I feel kind of disgusting like it was kind of a bit deep but also like I don't know it was strange um and that sort of that coupled with also feeling that perhaps um for myself by putting he him pronouns along with they them Mm -hmm. it was sort of an easy way for cis people to um sort of go with just he him and like settle with that um rather than actually using they them pronouns which Mm -hmm. I sort of preferred um especially like later on um and then yeah so I just basically ended up being like okay no more he they (laughs) he (laughs) Well, I'm just going to go for like they, them. <laughs> um, yeah, rest in peace here, they, we're moving on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so 
it's kind of been weird because obviously gender is like a social construct so it's kind of strange to question something that isn't necessarily like real for yourself um and I don't know just the whole sort of masculinity femininity thing like I feel like I sort of fit in both Mm -hmm. like I have some stereotypically masculine qualities and some typically like feminine qualities but then also you have to question what is feminine qualities what are masculine qualities um and yeah it just doesn't really make sense to like label certain things as other things I don't know if that makes any sense whatsoever I I got you yeah. yeah yeah um but I think it was important for me to sort of realize that um I didn't necessarily fit into like the binary categories um yeah I guess yeah I completely relate to to you in the sense that it was similar for me because I growing up every time it wasn't more with the pronouns it was more so being referred to as like oh be more manly or act more masculine those terms really boiled my blood growing up and I never I thought it was just a gay thing I was like oh it's because you know I'm not straight, so therefore I just don't like to be told to act more masculine. But it was only yeah. the last, like, if you think you're a baby, it was only the last year that I went through my gender identity process, so I'm a fetus. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was in the last year that I kind of realized that there is more of a deeper meaning on why I wasn't comfortable with being referred to by being masculine. Um, mm. But I also realized I don't really care what pronouns I'm being referred to, so it was kind of like, yeah, I'll go with day because whatever. But um, it's exactly the same as you said. I feel like it does make it easy for cisgendered people to just kind of go with the binary and be like, yeah, well, if you have he in there, then I'm just going to stick with he. I'm like, yeah, but you can alternate between the two. I think till this day, only one person has actually referred to me with they, them pronouns in like an email from uni or anything, um, mm-hmm. which I appreciate them so much for doing that. And it's, it's funny because that person is also non-binary. So it's like they got it but other people yeah. haven't but it's been annoying I feel like people have to question things a lot and not everything needs to be questioned some things just need to be respected and yeah move on with 100%. your day that's it exactly with that comes um the idea of like being on dating apps I feel like there's a big discussion there because so backstory for people that don't know this me and Louis met each other on tinder <laughs> we matched on tinder so that's how our relationship has come about to be which is brilliant um but that that also brings me into tinder because i've realized that tinder doesn't really have a non-binary option um whether it is to gender yourself or who you're interested in looking for um how does that make you feel as a person that doesn't have a binary option and um does it make it complicated for you Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's really interesting because on the one hand as well I feel like if I do publicly put out my gender identity on dating apps I feel like obviously I'll get a lot less chance of matching with people um which is a problem um slightly ish Mm -hmm. yeah um (laughs) but having said that I think it is really important to have your gender identity so that people know who you are um 
and it sort of makes it much more difficult for people to use the right pronouns and to actually ask the questions that they need to ask um such as i think something that's been quite neglected in like discourse especially around like trans identities is like pet names and like sort of i don't know things like babe lovely yeah. like mate, bro because i don't know whether it's just me but i feel super uncomfortable when someone calls me bro or mate or i'm the same like, yeah stuff like that and I think it's just so easy to just ask like oh so like what names pet names do you prefer like because yeah some people are fine with anything but then other people might feel really uncomfortable with being called like babes or honey or lovely or mate or bro or whatever um and I mean obviously the pronoun thing as well is super important because obviously if you're gonna introduce yourself it's best to sort of get into the habit of like them using the correct pronouns otherwise yeah, I feel like if people can put in their in their bios and gender oh I'm six foot tall then I'm I'm, I'm allowed to put my gender pronoun in there <laughs> exactly because as well if you're going to like foster like deeper relationships later on then it just makes it easier for the person themselves who you're like going to date or talk to yeah. or whatever um to use the right right pronouns from the start otherwise obviously if you're using different pronouns then sometimes it can be a bit of a mind fuck it's like oh okay what exactly. do I do here but I think there's always that sort of anxiety behind the yeah. mind that obviously a lot of there's like a lot of gatekeeping in the LGBT plus community um with cis white gays especially um not to at anyone obviously no please do um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so and there has been a lot of sort of transphobia and mm-hmm. um phobia or discrimination against non-binary people um in the media in particular and there have been a lot of so well on well not a lot of but mm-hmm. a considerable amount of like white cis gays not really approaching it well and yeah. not being a proper ally to like the whole community I suppose um yeah which is slightly problematic I have to admit <laughs> a little bit <laughs> but yeah before we get into the rest of the conversation um we'll take a little break to play some music and um I've got music today from a non-binary artist which is convenient that's the word I'm looking for <laughs> took me a minute <laughs> find that um yeah their name is emojin and this is a song that they have i've see i know from their i was looking at their story and they weren't very happy with how a different radio station slash podcast presented them so emojin if you're listening to this we're we're very careful here at crystal queer <laughs> and um their song is not a happy little bob it is a little bit of a depressing bob tina and we love that we love that here so uh this is angus Country club. I've seen the woods by your 
That was Angus by Emojin. Um, so we stand Emojin in this house. And um, yeah, if you're listening, Emojin, we love you. Um, I'm doing a heart hand thingy on Zoom, but you can't see it. But yeah. <laughs> um, right. Let's move on to um, some of the more music and artistic sides of um, non-binary people. Um, I wanted to start with drag because let's just let's just go from there. Um, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's quite interesting because obviously drag art in itself can be seen as like kind of, well, can be seen two ways. You can either see it in terms of um, breaking boundaries, in terms of like gender norms and stuff, but then you can also see it in the other side where it sort of harms the sort of reputation of the trans community yeah. and like trans individuals as well. Um, by like sort of, I don't know, um, making trans people seem a bit more of a joke perhaps mm -hmm. than like other things. Um, I think it is important to recognize that there is a distinction, but also you have to also recognize that there are trans people who engage in drag artistry. Um, and I think it's important to see both sides of the story to like make a true assessment on like how drag influences the world. Yeah. Especially the LGBT plus community. And I think it's so important for, you know, shows like Drag Race to kind of want to show that difference and show that um, kind of ongoing battle between drag and identity. And, you know, obviously RuPaul has had uh, his own fair shares of interesting discourse. Um, but, you know, with having a queen like Gottmik um, on the show, I think for her to kind of show that, I remember the first episode she had that moment of gender dysphoria on, on the show where she wasn't sure 
what's going on. And it, she'd never felt that feeling until she was in a room full of men in, you know, cisgendered men in makeup and in drag. And I thought that that was a really cool bit to show on TV because it kind of normalizes that context. Um, yeah. But as well as that, there's that moment in Drag Race UK with Bimini and Ginny talking about being non-binary on TV. What do you what did you think about that? Because I thought that was huge. Yeah, it was super, I think, good, liberating. Like the conversation was very clear, very eloquent, but also very sort of basic for people who mm-hmm. don't have a deep understanding to sort sure. of understand it. Um but also I think something that was slightly problematic in the TV show was the fact that the pronouns were just all off all over the place and I was just kind of confused as to why like for example Lawrence Chaney who identifies with he he, him pronouns Mm -hmm. um, was referred to as he him even in drag when sort of the um I guess tradition has been to refer to them as she her um which whilst they're in drag which personally I don't necessarily find the best Mm -hmm. like I think if we refer to every single drag artist with they them pronouns it eliminates so many issues and yeah is better in general I suppose um because you don't have this he her she him sort of weird divide when the person doesn't really identify with that gender um that they're sort of portraying as in their art yeah Um, i noticed um that bimini in specific um they referred to all the queens from their season with they them pronouns regardless of whether they're in drag or out of drag whether it was on the show or on social media, they've kept doing that consistently. And I think that's very applaudable for them to kind of just not have to put a binary on it, regardless of being in drag, being in makeup, whatever the situation is. And I think, you know, more people should just do that. Definitely. And I think it's definitely also applicable in life as well, because you make so many assumptions on people's gender identity just by like looking at them. And I think if we break that down, you can also eliminate some problems that sort of sexism causes in society and like the patriarchal um, power structures can be sort of slightly shifted um, in order to sort of make, I guess, um, a better society in some ways, if that makes any sense. So like, I mean, if someone's driving badly, you just do they, them, especially if you can't see them, it's kind of ridiculous because a lot of people do make that sexist sort of assumption that it's like she, her, and then look around and then it's someone who looks like a man. Um, And it's just, I don't know, so problematic and so many sort of things can be eliminated if we do just use they, them for everyone. Yeah, Um, exactly. Unless obviously someone says, oh yeah, I'd prefer she, her or he, him. And that's exactly the point of putting it's exactly the point of putting your pronouns and stuff in your bio because it kind of just makes it easier for everyone to not assume and just go with what you prefer. And exactly. it baffles me that people don't get the point of where people go like, oh, well, I don't have pronouns. It's like, you, everyone's got pronouns. It's not really that deep. It's just yeah. your preference of pronouns, but you do have it. It's not a 
gifted thing like you're born with a pronoun no like you, we literally all are born with a pronoun yeah um but let's get to the music side of things um do you are you familiar with an artist called arca i'm not unfortunately okay um so arca is a non-binary slash trans woman artist and um uh, her music is everything her music is wild if you like bjork you'll like arca because they actually work together quite a lot as well um but they well they go by she her slash it its pronouns and i think arca was one of the first symbols of a non-binary person that's also a trans woman that i've come across um and i was wondering if now would be a good time for you to talk to us a little bit about that connection of being trans and being non-binary yeah so um i think obviously if you are like a trans woman or trans man um you have that sort of experience with gender where you sort of see yourself as something other than what you've been told your entire life or um well you are something different to other than what you've um experienced your whole life and <laughs> i think obviously with that questioning um of what you're being told every single day um comes with the sort of questioning as well on like the sort of bigger questions like societal level and like i guess i don't know just conceptual level as well like what is gender like mm -hmm. why do i feel like more of a male than a female or vice versa or why do i not feel anything um <laughs> and yeah i think obviously there is that quite interesting link with the questioning um i think it makes it interesting as well with like um artists like arca how they can present that narrative of gender identity through music and through aesthetic as well um yeah so Arca, her recent album cover kind of shows her as this kind of robotic figure, but at the same time, there's band-aids around her breast area um, with like bloody stains and everything, which could be, I'm not sure about the actual dialect of it, so this isn't me coding it, but I'm assuming it is in correlation of top surgery, um, whether that is putting in breast implants or whatever the situation is. Um, but I, I do appreciate kind of the more mainstream attention towards things like top surgery and stuff, even though they are a non-binary person, but a trans person, kind of normalizing that context of you can be both. You, it's not necessarily a one-way conversation. And the album did end up getting nominated for a Grammy as well, which is, you know, quite- It's amazing. It's amazing, exactly, yeah. Um, but I also wanted to talk about Sam Smith because I feel like the whole Sam Smith conversation was one of the first times that I saw non-binary become an explosive conversation on social media because they are such a big artist. Um, yeah. And what bothers me, I think, with the Sam Smith situation is that a lot of people tend to either overlook it because they have a masculine passing body and they've got facial hair and all that stuff, which is traditionally masculine. Um, but as well as that, it's when they do something wrong or they do something that people don't agree with, people are so quick to misgender them on purpose just mm. because they did something wrong and it's like that's that's basically bullying and discriminating um you know you're not a cool person for doing that um but what do you think about 
people that look a certain way and you know we assume that their gender must be this because they have facial hair or they're in makeup yeah so I think obviously um it's an interesting topic like I think in regards to Sam Smith's like being on well Sam Smith being under the lens of society and stuff um I think that happens with a lot of minority artists Mm -hmm. so um minority race artists like minority gender like sexuality like everything I think all of them are like really really put under the lens in terms of like having to be like the best person in the world yeah and it can be slightly problematic um to sort of have that expectation that they have to be a perfect person Mm -hmm. um I do understand that obviously you do want to be the best person that you can um but like the rampant criticism in comparison to people who are cis and straight um is just kind of incomparable um and I think that really does need to start like that conversation needs to start basically um and I think figures like for example Harry Styles who have has used um sort of clothing that is typically associated with more feminine um people can be slightly problematic although it does sort of break down some barriers by being such a high figure like doing this yeah um it also because he hasn't identified as anything other than cis and straight mm-hmm. um it is slightly problematic like that a man is featured on the cover of Vogue wearing a dress when mm-hmm. there hasn't been any trans women no non-binary representation um in Vogue and I think perhaps that needs to be shifted and there's also the sort of element that Harry Styles doesn't recognize that there's a queer history behind it um, that has enabled him to get to this point and also the sort of other side that he can wear this because he's a celebrity because he has Mm. this privilege because he identifies as cis and het Um, whereas if for example you or I like were to walk down the street in something like the dress he wore on Vogue we would get so much abuse for it yeah um and it's just problematic to say the least when you put it that way i i haven't thought about it in terms of the vote cover because i wasn't i wasn't sure about the the figures of were there any trans people or non-binary people put on the cover or featured in vogue at all and last week with um with the topic of queer baiting we did discuss harry styles and we we all came down to the kind of the conversation of that it's really cool that he's breaking down gender norms but in the context of what you said i completely agree with that and it someone uh, one of the guests lulu mentioned last week about harrison reed who is um harry styles designer and they're non-binary as well and with the context of what you've said it, it's interesting because it almost comes down to a non-binary designer designing a costume for someone that's going to be on the cover but it becomes a cis person on the cover and the non-binary person in the backstage of things again. It's kind of like yeah. overshadowed. Um, 
even though they designed it, they're still not featured in it, in a, in a, in a sense, Lord. <laughs> um, I think that we're slowly getting to a phase where um, there's so many LGBT movies now. Are they done properly? Maybe not exactly there, but we are getting there. And there's a lot more movies about trans people's identities as well. I think what's next is that Hollywood is going to start making more movies for non-binary people. Hopefully they do it right. Fingers crossed. That's probably not going to happen. Let's be honest. But, you know, whatever we get, we'll get. <laughs> um, but I think that's where society is probably going to start leading next as the conversation for non-binary people increases. And we get more mainstream attention, more mainstream microscopes on us that we do exist and we've existed forever. It's not a new concept. It's just a new terminology in a sense. Um, exactly. It's not... It's not anything that's just come out of the blue. One day someone woke up and was like, you know what? I don't, I don't feel like I'm any gender. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's far more than that. But that's all the points that I've got. Um, I want to give it to you if, you if there's anything that you wanted to mention that I haven't asked or anything. Um, yeah. I think just a last point about just non-binary identities in general, I think. Yeah. So to like link in with what you've just said, I think it's really important to just not see it as just a western phenomena like this is something that has existed for a long time and has been repressed through like the history of colonialism like for example before british colonial rule in india um there were non-binary identities like fairly widely sort of seen and represented in like the deities and also in everyday life um and even in Mexico, um, same similar things like deities that are sort of non-binary um, and people who identify with their genders. Um, and it's just kind of ridiculous that a lot of people sort of see it as something like trendy or new or hip or cool. And I think it just needs to change. Like, People need to learn more about colonialism yeah. in order to really know how much of a gigantic sort of, I guess, hole it's left in society. Um, and also just general knowledge as well. Like it's important to recognize that a lot of things have been affected by colonialism um, and hopefully that will change some mindsets, I guess. Um, but who knows? Who knows, honestly. Um, well, I really hope that people that are listening to this that might not necessarily be a part of the non-binary community kind of take away with it is to be more mindful and um, understanding of the concept. And hopefully they've understood a little bit of it from us. And hopefully it inspires them to go and have their own little bit of research about it. And if you already don't have your pronouns in your bios, have your pronouns in your bios <laughs> because it really... <laughs> It just makes things so much more um, normal and clear, and it doesn't make any of the non-binary people or any of the um, trans people just feel left out and feel kind of silly for doing it, I guess. Um, but thank you so much, Louis, for joining me. And you know, you've taught me a lot of things that I didn't know about the world of non-binary people. Um, I sound like Anthony Padilla doing that series on YouTube, but I'm not Anthony Padilla at all. <laughs> On any realm <laughs> um but yeah thank you so much for joining and no, thank you 
Yeah, of course. Um, and thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to the conversation. I'm um, just going to say one more time, put your pronouns in your bios because it really does help. <laughs> and I'll see you next Friday.